What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. Jamoke Davis here with you. And what a night it was. I stayed up all night watching basketball as the Phoenix Suns eliminate the Los Angeles Clippers 4-2 in the Western Conference Finals. And it was beautiful to watch. If you are a listener, a regular listener of this show, you know I was not 100% on board with the point god. I thought he got a little more credit for being this great point guard than what the results suggested. He'd only made one other Western Conference Finals. That was with the Houston Rockets. And they lost and didn't get to the NBA Finals. But this year was probably the turning point for me. It was a change in what I thought about him. It was really last year, actually, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. What he had done to get them uh, into the playoffs, which was amazing. And seeing how much of a game changer that he truly is. He is a game changer. And he showed that. And I was already thinking that, oh man, let me tell you something. If the Suns, once they traded and got Chris Paul, if the Suns have a shot, this is their shot. This is their year. And here they are. After 16 seasons for Chris Paul as the point guard, it's his first NBA Finals experience, excuse me, appearance. The Phoenix Suns are seeking their first NBA title, and it's their first NBA Finals since Charles Barkley was the superstar for them in, what, 1993 against Michael Jordan and the Bulls? The Suns have the most playoff games without a title at 290 because they've had some great teams, some great players over the years. I guess to go against what I say, some very good players, some really good players, not great players. To me, if you say they're a great player, the great players are the ones that get to the Hall of Fame. But you do have some. You've got Steve Nash, Charles Barkley. Is Amari Stoudemire a Hall of Famer? I don't know. Maybe not. Chris Paul will be. Devin Booker's got a long way to go, but possibly. But the Suns just, they look like the dominant team. Now, in fairness, yes, it's most likely because Kawhi Leonard did not play. I'm happy he was actually on the bench instead of up in the suite. But the odds don't lie. In the early odds, the early odds have the Suns at a minus 210 to win the NBA championship now. And I expect that to happen. I think that they are better even if both teams were healthy. I think that they are better than the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks. They're a better, well-rounded team. They have a pretty deep bench 
And as in the post-game press conference, Chris Paul called Devin Booker an old soul. And he kind of seems to be that way. At the beginning of the season, the Suns had the third largest preseason long shot to make the NBA Finals in the past 30 seasons. They were 40 to 1. If you're a Suns fan, maybe you voted for them. If you weren't a Suns fan, you know, I don't know. There was one, I think it was like two days ago. I was like, what if every season, when the season starts, if you just put a dollar on every team to make it to the NBA Finals? Obviously, it depends on what teams get to the NBA Finals, but I wonder how many years you would make your money back or win some or break even. 538 NBA Championship odds as of last night give the Suns a 70% chance to win the title. Bucks are at 25 and the Hawks are at 5. This is it. Get the ticker tape parade ready. Well, you should be doing that anyway, but you don't want to jinx it. And the bottom line is, yes, there is a possibility, unfortunately, that someone could get hurt. And you don't want that. And I'll go into that a little bit more later. But let's hold on the Suns for a minute. When I was watching that game yesterday, the Clippers had cut it to seven. And then Chris Paul just like changed gears. He had 10 points in the first half, 31 points in the second half. He just became a different player. And I had tweeted out that, and I still think this. I said it before the votes were in. I said, I don't understand how people are voting for Nikola Jokic. Chris Paul is the MVP. I feel like too too many people people are thinking because the Suns went 8-0 in the bubble that like, oh, they did well. They made the playoffs. They were playing well without him. No, they got lucky in the bubble. And the bubble was a unique experience. And they still missed the playoffs even going undefeated in the bubble. They did not make the playoffs that year. The key component for that team this year was Chris Paul. And I felt that he got disrespected during the regular season. Too much hype on the big man. Way too much hype for me. It's the first team in NBA history to reach NBA Finals after 10 seasons of not making the playoffs. And the crazy thing is, they won all three series, all three closeout games were on the road, including two at Staples Center because they beat the Lakers and Clippers. But the thing for me is, I would expect for that team to be able to do that from a very unique perspective in that that was Chris Paul's arena when he played for the Clippers. What was that, six seasons? So that's his environment too. As he said in postgame, you know, he's got like two families, even though the Lake, the Clippers fans were booing him. But, you know, he thanked Billy Crystal. Lil Wayne was there. I mean, it was really cool. The Suns are 11-3 and three over their last 13 games. Chris Paul is the oldest player with 35 points in consecutive closeout games. Last one to do it, first one to do it since Michael Jordan. But Chris Paul came alive in that second half and willed that team to get to the NBA Finals. And I love what James Jones is doing, Monty Williams is doing. Monty Williams' story is amazing. What he has been through, he and Chris Paul were together in New Orleans. 
as teammates. It was it was quite a scene to see. And even on the bad side, Patrick Beverly, I mean, that was disgraceful what he did. Pushing Chris Paul in his back. Frank Comiskey, boy, is he going to get it on social media? Well, he already is. But people are noticing he didn't really do much to stop Patrick Beverly going after Chris Paul. But that was just a sad move. And I think it hurt. I can imagine a switch going off when Chris Paul, you know, in play-by-play, they wondered if Chris Paul said something to Patrick Beverly to kind of ignite this. And they watched the replay, and I watched the replay too, and no, it was nothing. He didn't say anything to him. He gave him a look. But boy, that look must have hurt. That must have gone deep, deep. But I am excited for the Suns. I always felt for the Suns and the Knicks. Well, probably the two teams I would say I felt for during that Jordan era. Because they had some quality teams, but you just can't beat Jordan. You just could not beat Michael Jordan. And to see them get back here, that... Now, I thought Mark Jackson went a little too far saying that just getting here is better than some te- some players winning championships. No, you got to win it. And I know even for Chris Paul, he's like, no, nah, I got to win it. It's not just enough for me to get here. I need to win it. And we'll see if they do. But on the flip side of that, I'm really bummed out about this Hawks and Buck series. I think it starts for me with the fact that, you know, Giannis is hurt. Trey Young is hurt. Clint Capella is now questionable. Even though the MRI was negative for Giannis, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. Game five is tonight. Series tied 2-2. And for me... This is going to be where Chris Middleton can step up. Without Trey Young on the court, Chris Middleton's the best player on the court when the Hawks and Bucks tip off. And let's hope that we see that. Let's hope that we are able to see Chris Middleton show that he is an all-star. I think it weakens both teams. I think in some ways probably no one is... In some ways, not many people are going to watch anymore. And that's unfortunate. When you don't have a two-time MVP on one side of the court and a dynamic young player and Trey Young on the other side of the court. But you do have a good best of three series. So even without those players, yeah, it's going to be a bummer, but it should be fun. To me, in some ways, it's almost like it's still even. You need a veteran like Lou Williams, sweet Lou to step up for the Hawks. Kevin, so good at herders. You got to get him to step up. Who knows what they'll do in the middle? I mean, this should allow for Brooke Lopez to just attack the rim and control the boards, that this is really much more about the bench. Bobby Portis, 
Pat Connaughton. I already mentioned Kevin Herter. Another player I didn't mention, man, Drew Holiday, right? I mean, let's see what he can, how he can help the Bucks get a win. The good thing is that they do have home court advantage. So that should help the Bucks. They got their fans. But I, I you know, who's going to win it? Who knows? I think that's the hard part. The series line has the Hawks at minus 103 to win the series on DraftKings, and Bucks have them at minus 121. Whichever one of the superstars is able to come back should win it. But more importantly, if you get a John Collins stepping up, then maybe, just maybe. I know you can say, well, the Hawks look good in game four without Trey Young, but that was also the game that Giannis went out. It might have been different because we knew Trey Young was out because he was hurt in game three, but if Giannis was still playing, maybe it would have been different. But bottom line, this is where we are. And I'm going to sit back and enjoy this three-game series between the Bucks and Hawks because I do think there's a good chance it'll go seven. The Bucks were one game over 500 in games without Giannis at six and five and without Trey Young, including the game four win, Atlanta is six and four without Ice Trey. So I expect this one to go seven, which also means that the Suns are going to be resting for about a week before the finals even begins. That can't be good. I mean, you almost need it to go seven because what you want to make sure happens is that, you know, if the finals doesn't start for what seems like an eternity, in my mind at least, seems like an eternity. But, I mean, come on. If you don't find a way to start the finals early, I think that's going to be tough. But Because realistically, it was supposed to start like two weeks from now. And hopefully they are efforting to try to move it up now that the Suns are just sitting there waiting. Crazy thing, when I tried to check this morning, which I'm, I guess I could check some other spots, but I wanted to go to the source, NBA.com. And they took down the final schedule because I think in their mind is like, hey, we may start this early. So let's hold off and let's see what happens tonight and what happens on Saturday. Maybe the NBA Finals will start on Monday. Possibly. Possibly. I'm also watching, a, just, you know, I'm watching Wimbledon. It's it's a little tough with the schedule in the morning. Um, I, it's sad to think that these injuries, uh, cost Serena a chance at a title. Roger Federer's opponent had to retire against Club Fed, but I think Club Fed probably would have won. So I'm watching. Ash Barty is a favorite on the women's side. Coco Golf plays today. Club Fed plays today against Gasquet. 
And Francis Tiafo won again. I feel like people say it both ways. Francis Tiafo, Francis Tiafo. Tiafo has never advanced past the third round at the All England Club. And this may be his best chance. I mean, he's playing like it's his best year. Or best year at Wimbledon. He's going to play 25th seeded Karen Kachanoff in the third round tomorrow. And it's wide open for Francis. Who knows what he can do? He lost a five-setter to Chakanov. Kachanov? Chakanov. At Wimbledon in 2018. I'll get his name right. But the good thing is he would not play another seeded player in the top 10 until the quarterfinals. If he gets to the quarters, that's a good day for him. And he's not only playing well because of what he's done in Wimbledon, but two weeks ago he won his first and only title on grass. He won the Challenger event at Nottingham, beating another JTCC, Junior Tennis, in Maryland, and Dennis Kudla. He beat him in the final, 6-1, 6-3. He made it to the quarters in the Queens Club the following week. So he's playing well on grass, and let's see how far this can go. Because the expectations were always high for him. I mean, if you talk about an American tennis player that's been a superstar, you have to go all the way back to Andy Roddick. When he was first starting in 2015... He won a title in Delray Beach in 2018. He was the youngest American to win a title on the ATP Tour since Roddick in 2002. And he hasn't really done anything to elevate his game since then. You always, we always want him to do well. There's no doubt about that. But he just wasn't quite there. On the women's side, if we're looking for Americans to root for, you got Sloane Stevens. She's got a tough match coming up against the number 10 seed, Petra Kvitova. That's not going to be an easy win. Coco Goff is playing Elena Vesnina today. Coco Goff is favored at minus 560. Madison Keys is still alive. She's favored at minus 108. She's going to be playing tomorrow at 6 a.m. Sloan Stevenson is at plus 30, excuse me, against Lyudmila Samsonova after Sloan Stevenson beat Petra Kvitova in the first round. So she and Tiafo both had great first round wins. And let's see what they can do here as I continue to watch Wimbledon. That's pretty much where I am. I got Wimbledon. I got the NBA watching Euro 2020 as we get ready for the quarterfinals tomorrow. Switzerland versus Spain, Belgium versus Italy, the Czech Republic versus Denmark, and Ukraine versus England. 
England is favored to win it all at plus 205, and Spain is behind them at plus 320. The Ukraine is at the bottom at plus 2300. got some good games. Spain is favored to beat Switzerland at minus 155. You can get Switzerland at plus 480. Italy is favored at plus 135. Belgium is at plus 240. That's pay $1 to win $2.40. Denmark is favored at plus 108. Czech Republic at plus 295. And England is favored at minus 250. While Ukraine is favored is not favored, excuse me, at plus 850. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's going to be a fun weekend in sports. I'm looking forward to it. I'm squeezing some baseball here as the Nationals have surged all the way into second place. So that'll be fun to watch. Who knew, right? Well, we all knew. This is, I mean, this being facetious here or, I mean, wishful thinking, but to think that the Nationals at one point were at the bottom of the NL East and now they're in second place. I said that was going to be the tightest division. Eight and a half games separate the Miami Marlins at the bottom and the Mets at the top. The Mets are 41 and 35. The Miami Marlins are 34 and 45. And, you know, talking about the run differential, that's what you got to pay attention to when you think about the margin of error can be slim. There's no doubt about it. But if you look in the AL East, the top three teams, Boston, Tampa Bay, and Toronto, have plus 48, plus 75, plus 69, respectively. In the NL East, Miami Marlins are plus 21, and they're in last place. That means they've scored 21 more runs than they have given up. The Phillies are minus 24. The Atlanta Braves are plus 14. The Nationals are plus 2. And the Mets are minus 2 in first place. If you compare that to the rest of the National League, Milwaukee's at the top of the NL Central at plus plus 30. Excuse me. And the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres are at plus 97, plus 106, and plus 80. In comparison, in the AL Central, the White Sox are plus 92. No other team has is in the green. In the AL West, it's Houston and Oakland at plus 127 and plus 35. So you got to score runs. The teams that score more runs than they give up win games. Of course, yes, we understand that part. But, you know, you look at that NL East and... It's going to flip-flop a lot more. There's no doubt about that. It will flip-flop a lot more. That's going to be fun to watch. It will be fun. 
All right, that'll do it for Just for Sport. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your 4th of July weekend. Some fireworks. Maybe go to a baseball game. Some kind of sporting event. The beach. Whatever you're doing. Enjoy it. Ciao for now.